Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Obviously, in the uh, wake of COVID-19 and certainly the uh, destruction that this uh, virus has done through uh, long-term care facilities and seniors' homes and such, uh, not only in, in the province but in the country, uh, many are questioning what we should do next and how we, in fact, improve the conditions in these homes and finally set down a uh, series of rules and regulations other than just guidelines uh, for everybody to follow. And what kind of what kind of form, what kind of platform does that take? Uh, and should the federal government be involved? Should the federal government provide aid? for long-term care homes. To talk about, uh, more about all of this, Jane Medes is with us, barrister and solicitor, institutional advocate, advocacy center for the elderly, and is with us now. Jane, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you for having me. Obviously, uh, health care is a, uh, a provincial jurisdiction, as are these homes at this point. How much input should the federal, uh, federal government have? What, uh, what has this uh, pandemic exposed that the feds can help? Well, I think there's a, a couple of things. Certainly we need a national strategy on aging um, to change the perception of aging and how we, you know, look at the elderly and how we want to treat them. Uh, with respect to sort of the health care portion, um, long-term care and, and that sort of care is not included under the Canada Health Act. And so what, you know, we would like is to certainly see that added into the Canada Health Act so that it is a mandatory part of our health care system. And it would also then give some um, ability for the uh, government to, you know, um, certainly give money as well as potentially some kind of oversight on, you know, how that money is used. So sort of put some restrictions on it. So uh, it could be helpful, obviously, that there's different um, uh, long-term care across the, pro- uh, across the country. Each province uh, does long-term care a little bit differently. And it, it might clarify that as well as to what exactly what, you know, people are entitled to how much care and that sort of thing. With and many have said the situation is different from you know from province to province. Yeah. How much can the feds lay out in lay out in a sense of guidelines and such that will apply to all, or does this just get us into the weeds where uh, certain situations will be different for certain provinces? Well, I think it's going to be you know different provinces will do it differently because there's just you know we have it's a big country with very different. Uh, kinds of populations and the way that the populations are set out, whether it's rural and urban and all that. But it certainly would allow money to flow, um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest parts because I think one of what, the one thing that we do know is that uh, long-term care across the country has been chronically underfunded and that the provinces can't seem to do it alone. So if we're going to have proper funding and proper care, we do need uh, help from the feds. Uh, is that one of the reasons that the federal government is reluctant because once they put their name on it, then they have to contribute to it? I think so. I think that's certainly part of it. Um, you know, that they, you know, this is not part of our Canada Health Act. And so different provinces have different, um, uh, you know, uh, qualifications to get in long-term care and all of that sort of thing. So I think it could broaden it um, across Canada. And, you know, they, you know, obviously, you know, m- money is always the issue and when we come to these things, unfortunately. Uh, we do it with other forms of health care. Why not this? Well, that's exactly it, and that's—I mean—that's the thing—is that it should be included. Um, up until you know the 60s or 70s, there really wasn't long-term care at all 
um, you know, publicly funded, and it, it really has sort of come along slowly. And the way it's funded is very different in each province, and, you know, the costs and what people pay is very different. Um, you know, we're actually quite lucky in Ontario and other provinces, they do asset testing. So, you know, you have to sell your home and use that before you pay, you know, before you could get any assistance. So, you know, I think it would, would at least regularize that, I would hope, across Canada. Will it be impossible to get something like this done? We're talking about it now. Will we still be talking about it two years from now? Well, I think that, you know, um, you never know because we never know what's going to come in the future. But I think with the uh, baby boomers coming through and with this disaster that we've had in long-term care, I think that there will be a continued push to have long-term care included in the Canada Health Act and to get, uh, you know, the provincial governments to ensure that there is safe long-term care uh, available for everyone and not just uh, sort of the lucky few who can get in. Uh, to homes that can provide the, you know, the right level of care. Uh, we definitely need more money in long-term care. That's the number one thing. And we need to rebuild in Ontario those homes that are substandard. Will this change the discussion around health care altogether as this is incorporated? I mean, because we obviously know there's always funding issues there. There has been forever, it seems. Well, I'm, I'm really hoping so. And, and I'm really hoping that one of the things that comes out of this is that we become proactive Part of the problem is that we're very reactive, so we, we wait till someone requires long-term care before the money flows. So getting home care can be difficult. Um, you know, even when to get home care, you usually have to have something happen to you. So we really need a lot more preventative care, keep people in the community. The last thing we really want to do is send anyone to long-term care. So the more people we can keep home and safe in their community, the better off we will be. And it's actually cheaper for the system, and it's better for the individuals. Uh, here we are in the middle of week number 12 of this pandemic. Uh, are you seeing change? Are you seeing things move differently in a different direction? Well, I mean, right now it's all just putting fires out, right? Reaction, um, yeah. And it's all reactive. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I think the one thing that I would say that's positive is that we it has shone a light to say, hey, we really aren't doing well in long-term care. We really did focus on the wrong thing at the beginning. We looked at hospitals. Um, and we didn't look at long-term care, and the result has been, you know, getting upwards towards 2,000 deaths in, in long-term care. And, uh, you know, that's just a horrendous, horrendous situation. Because, and it wasn't that it wasn't um, foreseeable. It absolutely was. But, as usual, all of the, you know, all of the attention was on the hospitals, and I'm really hoping that that will change in the future. We really need to look at the elderly population because they are the ones that use a lot of the healthcare dollars, and let's use it in a positive way uh, to keep them safe and healthy as opposed to requiring them to go to hospital or long-term care. And there has to be an efficient way to interweave these two services because, again, we hear so much about those that should be in long-term care that are actually taking up hospital beds. So, I mean, the correlation is natural, is it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that, you, that's absolutely the problem is that, you know, we're hearing all about people... You know, prior to COVID, I spent most of my time dealing with people who were in hospital who needed long-term care and the issues around that. Um, and it really was the wrong place. It really was. Let's have, couldn't we have prevented them from going into hospital or provide them with the right care so that they could go home? And there is, has been such a perception that, you know, the elderly, well, they're going to die anyway. We shouldn't give them, you know, if they have dementia, they shouldn't get... Um, rehab even though they can physically do it oh it's too much trouble 
you know, if you're going to long-term care, you can't have rehab. And so there was all these restrictions that really were both illegal and nonsensical and that we could have really um, prevented a lot of people, I think, from staying in hospital or going to long-term care if we put um, a lot more thought um, and attention to preventing some of these things beforehand. Is this going to take an incredibly long time to fix? I think some of it's going to take a long time to fix. I mean, there's going to be some redevelopment uh, that's required. Um, you know, part of the problem that we have certainly is that we need more people in long-term uh, working in the sector, um, and we just don't have enough staff. So the question is, where do you get that staff from, trained staff, nurses, um, personal support workers? And so it's going to take some time to either homegrown them or, or you know, um, allow immigrants to come in the country that are going to be able to uh, provide that care because we just don't have enough nurses and PSWs um, at the moment in Canada. Uh, Quebec is talk uh, is uh, on a uh, on a uh, mission to get as many as ten thousand uh, trained and up and running by uh, September. Is this the sort of program we need? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it might be uh, certainly the personal support workers. Um, it's a much shorter time, and and they're certainly the hands uh, people that are doing the hands on work. And that would definitely be something that could be doable if people were willing to do that. Unfortunately, the problem is that it's um, very difficult work. And, you know, you know, without the pandemic pay, it's often very poorly paid. Even with pandemic pay, you're really not making a lot of money. So the question is, is that, you know, can they make it an attractive um, uh, type of employment that people will want to do? Jane Medes has been with us, barrister and solicitor, institutional advocate, advocacy center for the elderly, talking about the federal government and its role in long-term care, and should that be advanced. Jane, thanks for the time and insight. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML.